The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody. Welcome once again to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, I was thinking about the show a few minutes ago, realizing that the Virtually every show we do has, as its subtext, a component of worthiness. And we talk about various forms of acceptance and recognizing our innate divinity. We even say, awaken to the light within. We know that you are listening are already awakened to that light. It's a matter of adding some facets of God's and Christ's consciousness to it. One of the things that stands in the way is condemnation, judgment, and criticism. And why do we condemn ourselves? I don't know why. <laughs> well, this whole well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, this whole concept of worthiness, fe- feeling yeah, worthy, exactly. is the essence of our program today. And we were <clears throat> we were kind of mulling that over before the show started. Yeah. But you you've you've got to. I don't know. It's it's the God within, and that's one of the problems is that we're not taught that we have God within us. Yeah. And well, so, I think Terry, even worse than that, we're taught that we're worthless sinners. Yeah. So. You're born in sin. Now, you look at a little baby, and you're telling me that baby is born in sin because of Adam and Eve, which I guess is the is the traditional Christian theology. That's the pretext. Yeah, and so if you hear this over and over again for the past two thousand years, every embodiment you're in, no wonder you think you're you know you're worthless or you don't have value in God. And so I think what people are you couple that with the people are afraid to say you know God and me, I am God, and you know, I mean that statement is pretty. Powerful. I am God is in me. I am God. The God, the true part of me is God. Because people don't want to assume the position, well, you know, who are you? You know, let's say you've got God within you and you, you manifest the divine. Um, we all manifest the divine to a certain extent or we wouldn't be here. Right. Um, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's trying to put that equation together. And people have been denied the truth. They have been condemned for the 2,000 years. They're worthless sinners, you know, and you're only going to get to heaven because somebody's bothered, Jesus bothered to come and take you there. Um, and, and so naturally people, especially devout people, don't want to build up their human egos. And so you've got this equation that, that because people have that missing piece of information of who they are and how to put the balance between their karma or their sin, if they will, and their innate divinity, no one's taught them how to do that. Yeah. Well, is that perhaps an explanation as to why it's so easy to accept negative criticism? Well, I think, you know... Uh, the, we expect it? Well, the light bearers, I think, are under this weight. And also, as we'll talk about today, and Mr. Prophet will talk in her excerpts we're playing, you know, there's this aggressive mental suggestion on people. And, you know, we can't mm-hmm. say it too many times. If you haven't read the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, you need to go out and get that today and buy it. It's not a long book, and it's quite a funny book, actually. It's very good. But yeah. the premise of the book is absolutely true. We have aggression from disembodied spirits, uh, fallen angels, the world mass consciousness, whatever you want to call it, that comes into our, our thinking, if you will, and it affects um, who we are. In other words, if, if, if you keep hearing in your mind over and over again, 
you know, you're really a bad person. Boy, you made that mistake in 1984, and you're <laughs> never going to recover from that, you know? I mean, th- this is what they do. And it's not, this is not hearing voices like you need mental, you know, go to the p- psychiatrist. It's, it's called aggressive mental suggestion, their projection upon you. And again, you have to be aware that's there in order to deal with it. And you'll bring stuff back from when you were six 16, 26, I mean, it doesn't matter when it was, you can remember it, and the emotional content of that experience is reignited when you do. Yeah, yeah. and if you've got a parent that says, well, you're never going to amount to a darn thing, well, that's Terry. a good one, yeah. Yeah, well, then that that gets anchored in there somewhere. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, you I, was, I was talking to somebody about this idea of the, subtle, the subtlety of self-criticism, self-judgment, condemnation, and this person said, when you were growing up. Do you remember what happened when you dropped the ball? What did you say? Sorry. I'm sorry. He said, then you start to project that when you throw the ball to somebody else and they drop it, you say, sorry. Yeah. It's like, it's it's a negative experience there that is very subtle. It's something that you just don't even recognize, but you do it 10, 20, 30, 50 times in a day, maybe if you're interacting with your children, for example, you teach them to do the same thing. They become apologetic for doing something totally natural. Yeah, it brings up something interesting. I've heard people say, tell the man you're sorry. And so the child says, sorry. Yeah. And but, but the child needs to use the words, I am. I am sorry. I'm sorry. And the I am is the name of God. God that goes is. all the way back to uh, Moses, you know, bringing down the... Uh, the tablets. The tablets. Well, I, I What's think, the name of God? I am that I am. I think yeah. we have to go again to understanding the equation on planet Earth of life here, of who we are. We're sons and daughters of God who chosen chose to come into the physical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our original mistakes, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> we're here. We've many times. Um, and we've, you know, we've done a lot of wonderful things in our embodiments and our journey back to God. But we've also made some karma. But you can't let your karma define your life. You have to deal with your karma. You can't ignore it or run away from it. But it doesn't have to define who you are. We are sons and daughters of God. We have an innate divinity within us. We have a divine plan to put on our Christhood, even as Jesus put on that Christhood. And as we gain that master, we can put that on incrementally. Doesn't mean our, our, our mistakes go away. It just means we're going to balance that karma. Doesn't mean we're never going to make a mistake again. But it's that balance so that you're not under a state of self-condemnation or vulnerable to the condemnation of others. And we have been taught by the Ascended Masters that when you are in a state of condemning yourself, you are separated from God. Exactly. Because you are condemning God within you. You can have remorse for your mistakes, regrets. You can, It's like you confess your sins. I mean, I will ask God, God, give me an opportunity to balance that karma I made for that, that comment that just didn't come out right or whatever. Or something mm-hmm. that said that I'm not comfortable with God. I apologize. I want to ask for forgiveness and give me the opportunity to balance that karma. So it doesn't pull on me now 50 years. You know? And then <laughs> yeah. people that think they know their other embodiments, you know, well, what terrible thing did I did do, you know, 800 years ago or something? I mean, who needs this, you know? <laughs> and, and understanding that when we balance that karma, it's gone, okay? Yeah. We're, it's gone if we let it go. I mean, God will remember our sins no more. That's what Paul says. If, once we balance the karma, they don't exist anymore because they weren't. It wasn't real. Oof. And that's the beauty of the violet flame, Indeed. and that's what the masters bring to us. And uh, and we have the violet flame. It consumes. It transmutes. And it's uh, beautiful. And it's joyful. And it makes you laugh. <laughs> the, the other thing that uh, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, husband, <laughs> wife, whatever, you know, if if the other person says something 
this aggressive male suggestion will 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 tell you things that they had no intention. You know, this person, you know, they're not respecting you. You know, or on and on and on. They build on these things. You know, mm-hmm. and so it impacts the relationship. I'll tell you a quick story, because this is true. It happened to me many years ago when I was really quite new to the teachings of Santa Masters, and I'd heard about this aggressive male suggestion, but I didn't really understand it in full. So I was getting ready to go do something. I think I was going to a conference or something, and I. I, I kept hearing in my mind, you know, and I wasn't totally aware of it, but, you know, all these things I was doing wrong and da-da-da, why I shouldn't follow the teachings and wasn't worthy and so on and so forth. And I was kind of buying into it. You know, a little bit, it goes on and on. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. I do have made a lot of mistakes, you know, and so forth. <laughs> so anyway, then all of a sudden I hear in my mind this very clear thing. It says, you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and even in my oh, un- uninformed state, so to speak, I had to laugh. Because they overplayed their hand. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, I've made some mistakes, but you know what? I don't think I'm the worst person in the world. That was over the top. Yeah, that was over the top. They overplayed their hand, you yeah, know, and, 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 and so, so, you know, keep that balance, you know, and take your stand for your integrity in God. Yes, I have made mistakes, some of them quite recent, but I'm going to work to balance those mistakes. I'm going to work to right the wrong, apologize if I need to do that and so forth, but I am not going to lose the dignity of my God presence within me. I'm not going to compromise that. You know, and, and what you brought up, Terry, in terms of Father Flame and doing decrees, when we allow ourselves to accept this self-talk, it creates a weight, a momentum. There's a, a negative momentum that, that just kind of encroaches. It's, it's like lava. If we don't stop it, it just grows and it may, you know, it gains weight. Mm-hmm. Well, the violet flame transmuting that has the the counterweight, if you will, so that it's pushing back and it's you know gradually taking the other way. Because with the weight of that negative momentum, a lot of times we'll say to ourselves, "Oh, what's the use?" Yeah, you know, well, I I can't overcome this. A mountain of karma here, and I I just know what's what, what the heck. I'm, I'm not going to so do. far behind. Yeah, oh, so I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah. Well, again, that's pretty, but also self-condemnation is can be a cop-out. Well, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm such a bad person. Why should I even make the effort? So it's an excuse <laughs> not to try. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so you can see how how dangerous that mindset is and that consciousness is that 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 allows if we allow that to happen. And you know what? You go out there, go out in the sun, take a few deep breaths, run with the dog. Prune the weeds. I mean, do something active, physical. Just throw it off you and know, look at the beauty around you that God has created. And laugh at it. Yeah. You know. Laugh at the devil. Yeah. Well, you know, what you brought up earlier, Sid, I think this is the sort of thing that we have to remember is that these lies have allies. Mm-hmm. This is a force that's working against us. It's an active force, too. So we've got to be aware that we're not just subjected to a, an inertia kind of thing. It's This is active ongoing, and the, the more light we gain, the more attainment we, that we garner, the more likely we're going to be under attack. I mean, Mark Prophet made the comment once. He said, if you could see the tiny little demons on your shoulder that are putting these on you, you'd <laughs> laugh because they have no power. But we give them power because we listen to them, right. you know, and get thee behind me, Satan, as Jesus said, you know, we just go away. You know, I am, I am, you know, I have made mistakes. I've come up short. But you know what? God is in me. I'm moving toward the light. I'm working. I'm striving. I can walk the earth in honor, not because I'm error-free, but because God is within me and I'm making a sincere effort to, to right what's wrong and to move forward. And I can write in the walk in the dignity of my holy Christ self. You know, one of the great things about that is that it rubs off on other people. They see it. They want to emulate it. Yeah, they see it. They feel it. They sense it. You know, even if you're not saying anything, if it shines 
through your being, you know. Well, you know, Sid, before the show began, you mentioned a quick little experience that you had just going out on a, on a day and noticing people with light, how they stand out, how they, you, you can see them in a crowd. Yeah. And I think it's remarkable that maybe they see us the same way. Well, they do at inner levels, their souls see our souls, you know, and they don't necessarily see our, our, our karma, which is a good thing, but they see the stand we take, okay? What is the positioning of our psyche, of our consciousness? Are we non-compromised with forces of darkness? Are we taking a stand for what we believe to be true to the best of our ability and walking that spiritual path? Yeah. Because if they see us doing that in inner levels, that encourages them to do the same things themselves. If we live a life of compromise and trying to get along, quote unquote, with the world all the time, um, people will see that too. Well, if they're doing it, why should I bother to come up to a higher standard? Yeah. And this is not a holier than thou. It's defending our souls and the soul's right to be who they are intended to be in God. Yeah, and it's also just making the choice to be kind to ourselves. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well. <laughs> We've got to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, we'll have more on condemnation and aggressive mental suggestion. Don't go away. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. You know, why is it that we can come up with a gazillion reasons why we're not good enough? Here's a perspective on that from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. I think one of the worst of all of aggressive mental suggestions is condemnation, which when it hits you as someone's very sharp criticism of yourself, you can very easily, by the intimidating factor of it, because it is so sharp and intense, you can say, well, maybe I am this, maybe I am that, maybe I am slothful and lazy or incompetent or this, that, and the next thing. And as soon as you say, well, maybe it's true, then you enter into a cooperation with the other person's mind and you start condemning yourself. And most people walk around with a fixed matrix upon themselves of the things they condemn themselves for. And it almost becomes a religious cause where we have to constantly remind ourselves how terrible we are in this or that situation or how terrible we are at that. And we condemn ourselves. Let's say we condemn ourselves for always being late. Or we condemn ourselves for eating a little bit of sugar when there's no honey available. And we make a big, big to-do about this terrible sin we commit every so often. You hold that as a matrix. The force amplifies it. You believe you're that sinner. And the thing comes around again. And you're having a cup of coffee somewhere and there's no honey. So you plunk in a cube of sugar and you say, well, you know, that's the way I am. And you do it because you fulfill the matrix you've had upon yourself. Now, I don't happen to think that it's a terrible sin to do that. I don't think people should be so engaged in such a a petty attitude about life. But that's the kind of thing we do condemn ourselves for, which is so stupid on the face of it. Because only the demons in hell could concoct such a ridiculous thing to cause us to condemn ourselves for when Jesus Christ himself said, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out. And Jesus was very concerned that we not condemn ourselves concerning the food we eat. But usually the things that we condemn ourselves for are the products of the carnal mind, the aggressive suggestion of the planetary carnal mind, which is antichrist in nature. Sometimes we get around people, and as soon as we are around these people, we can't do anything. We drop things. Uh, we bungle everything we, we normally do just perfectly. That may be fear, but it also may be that that person is condemning you. I mean, if you were suddenly in the presence of St. Germain, you might find yourself <laughs> fumbling the ball, you know, if you suddenly saw the Master standing there. And that isn't because the Master is condemning you, it's because uh, it's such a sudden experience for you. But aside from that type of encounter, when you know the person is pure toward you, you have to think about situations in your life. Some of us can remember at least one teacher in the course of 13 years, from kindergarten to the 12th grade, in whose presence we could not perform. And uh, maybe we found out then or later that that person or that teacher had it in for us. So it's important to realize that people who know you or think they know you well, they think they know every line on your face and every hair on your head because they've been a close associate, they hold a matrix that is so limiting that if you don't use the most intense calls and guard your own consciousness, it can limit what you do for your entire life. 
I can remember a, a person on my staff who went to chiropractic college and worked a full day and went to college at night and did this solid for three years, lived in our teaching center and was supported by the community in terms of love and encouragement as well as the fact that uh, he was able to live within that spiritual environment. And he finally got through his entire course. He graduated from chiropractic college and he passed the state boards and became a licensed chiropractor in the state of California. Well, upon graduation, he phoned his mother back in the East that he had completed chiropractic college and now was Dr. So-and-so. And you know what the mother said? She said, huh, I didn't think you'd make it. So I said to him, well, I always knew you'd make it. <laughs> but he really drove himself and drove himself very hard. And his concept of himself was obviously more powerful than his mother's, which is saying something. Because parental concepts of us are strong. Even if they think we're wonderful human beings and that we're such wonderful human beings that we could do anything in the world and what are we doing sitting in this organization and, and throwing our life away when we could be a successful or a, a rich so-and-so. I mean, concepts of your human abilities and your human goodness by parents are just as devastating as their belittling of you that you never did anything right in your whole life because they attribute your ability to act or not act to your humanness and we don't have our ability to act or not act by our humanness, but by our divinity, by our godliness. But aggressive mental suggestion of what you are or what you are not cannot touch you if you are filled with the mind of God. But the moment you say to somebody criticizing you, well, I have to admit that sometimes I am lazy. The moment you do that, you become a collaborator of the Antichrist. And you do it in the name of good, and you do it in the name of humility, and you do it in the name of discipleship, that you want to be constantly aware of your weaknesses so that you can correct them. It's all right to do that, but it's not all right to continually lacerate yourself and whip yourself because you have a such and such condition that you haven't yet overcome. I don't know of a light bear on the path that doesn't do this in some form. But I want to tell you that one of the most memorable pieces of instruction that I ever received from Almoria was on a walk that I took with Mark in Broadmoor when we lived in La Tourelle. And I used to like to take walks with Mark because we would be in the house working all day and I'd ask him to come and take a walk with me and we'd walk in the uh, pretty areas that are there. And I wanted to ask Mark a question, which I did, and he gave me the answer from El Moria. And I asked Mark, the thing that was concerning me most is why was I tired? Why did I become tired in my service and therefore have to rest? And it was like I had to fight low blood pressure and I had to fight fatigue in my body. And the answer that Moria gave me through Mark at that time was that it was entirely the result of self-condemnation. That I, so with such determination, 
was exposing my own faults and my own shortcomings to be sure that I would remember them and be sure that I would work at overcoming them and to be sure that I did not become puffed up with pride, that I was actually putting a curse of black magic on my own self, on my own four lower bodies. And so I didn't have the strength to perform my service. And it was an amazing moment for me because it turned my world around. I took it very much to heart and I began affirming the reality that I am and becoming far less the accuser and the condemner like the accusers and the condemners of Mary Magdalene. And I think to this day it has been my salvation because in this hour, with all the world condemning me, that is the world of fundamentalists and newspaper reporters and serpents, if you can imagine, if I believed one word they said or identified with it at all, I could be dead. Because in that moment of acceptance of what they're saying, it would be like opening a valve and I would get the entire momentum of hatred into my world. And I couldn't survive. Well, in the course of events, I probably improved my diet, discovered things that helped me to uh, improve my health and my endurance. And uh, I probably did so because I had a greater sense of self-worth that I was worthy to be healthier, that I was worthy to be stronger. And uh, I can honestly tell you that uh, I don't know when it began, but from a certain point in my life, by the grace of God, I've never lacked the strength to perform my tasks vigorously every day. And uh, I can't even remember how many years ago it was that I stopped taking a rest in the afternoon. I mean, it's at least been 10 years or more that I haven't rested. And uh, I may be healthier, but I can assure you I observed good rules of diet at the time. But there's one thing I refuse to do is to condemn myself. There's one thing that I always do is to correct myself if I feel that I have done something that I could do better. I correct it and I go on. I correct it like I would take an eraser and erase a wrong sum of addition on a blackboard. If it says 2 and 2 equals 5, I just erase the 5 and put in the 4 and I go on. And I'm too busy doing God's work to decide that I'm going to whip myself in the process and go through this whole long thing that we put ourselves through. So I don't think I'm perfect, but I think God is perfect where I am. And He's the important one. And I think that that God in me and my attunement with that God is always alert to guard against the human consciousness becoming a channel for anything less than Christ's perfection. I'm always on guard at the potential of evil and evil forces that anybody could be an instrument for. So you see, not condemning oneself doesn't make one footloose and fancy free. That you'll never sin again and if you do it doesn't matter. That's not the point at all. It's a certain point of perspective from the heart. And by having this perspective, I know what the force is projecting my way. I can read it. And I know what they like me to tie into. And I refuse to do it, that's all. And so it just bumps into the tube of light and goes away. And by the grace of the chilas who decree and so forth, a lot of that energy gets consumed or transmuted or reversed. <laughs> 
Don't you love that? It just <laughs> it bumps into the tube of light and goes, goes away. I mean, that's what freedom looks like. <laughs> anyway, we've got to take a break. Back in a moment for more. Please stay with us. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back, and today on The Open Door, we're talking about worthiness, one of our common themes and one of the things that stands in the way is self-condemnation, self-criticism, self-judgment, all those things. And they can be subtle, they can be gross, but they they are there. We deal with them. And one of the things that we want to be aware of is that when we receive important instructions or we're given vital realizations, we want to be ready to seize them and hold on to them. Here's more. I think that I owe my life to the grace of God and the students of the Ascended Masters upon this planet. But I also owe it to these precious points of instruction that El Moria gave to me through Mark and that Mark gave to me from his heart. The instruction and the combination and the alchemy of my soul and my Christ self that made me realize the importance of the instruction and not allow it to pass by. Not allow it to pass by. 
I mean, sometimes we can hear the most important instruction of our life and we don't seize it, we don't grab it. It's like there's a string here and there's beads passing by and they keep on going and there comes the one bead that's important for you and you see it. <laughs> but you think it's the same as all other beads and you don't grab it. You've got to grab the one that's the key to your victory. You've got to find out what it is. And a lot of people don't want the one that's the key to their victory because the thing that they're doing wrong that's keeping them in bondage is really their psychological tool with which they control other people. Like I could easily, you know, have the whole world revolve or my staff revolve around the fact that I'm going to go to sleep for two hours every afternoon, don't bother me. I mean, fine, I could make a big commotion about it. You know, I mean, I could keep my psychological problems and make everybody uh, bow and scrape and, and do it a nice little dance. And a lot of people do that, you know. They just run the whole household because they have this or that phobia, this or that disease, this or that illness that everybody has to watch out for. I think I've told you about the, um, the story about the chiropractor and the adjustments. Have I told you that? <laughs> I never knew about chiropractors until I met Mark Prophet. He took me to the first chiropractor I ever met or heard of or knew what it was uh, in Virginia when I was probably 23 or 24. So um, by and by, I was convinced by either chiropractors or my own self-awareness that uh, I constantly needed to have my, my uh, neck adjusted. And if my neck went out, I couldn't do my work. And um, I can remember many times going to a chiropractor, and no sooner did I leave his office and get in the car that I would feel the adjustment not hold, and I'd be in the same shape I was when I, <laughs> when I went there. It was ridiculous. And then this woman who happened to be a nurse who knew how to adjust the neck would happen to be working at La Terrelle, so she'd decide that she'd give me a neck adjustment every morning. And uh, by and by I decided that this thing was really for the birds, that the whole ridiculous situation was making me absolutely dependent upon this whole series of cause-effect sequences that somewhere along the line I believed somebody who told me that my neck was out my neck had to be put in. So along comes this character who wasn't much of anybody, but he was a chiropractor and he was psychic and uh, not really a very special person. But he told me a story. And you know, if the messenger be an ant, heed him. And this man told me the story that uh, he used to need adjustments all the time. And by and by he got fed up with the deal and he said, he told St. Germain he had to do a job for him and that uh, St. Germain should heal him because uh, he needed to get on with the job he needed to do. So from that moment on, this man told me that uh, he never ever needed an adjustment again. He never had the problem. So I thought to myself, if this character, who I really could obviously see was nowhere near on the path where he should be, uh, you know, could have such great results. What in the world was I doing being such a Lulu, <laughs> running around having my neck adjusted all the time? <laughs> so I made my fee out to St. Germain. I said, look, I've got a lifetime of service to give you. You take care of my body, and, uh, and I'll do the work for you. And uh, I never had my neck adjusted again. Every once in a while, every maybe three or four months, um, I'll get some help uh, from a chiropractor that usually involves uh, things like jogging on unlevel terrain where uh, you know I'll have some problem in my sacrum or some such thing. Or Usually it involves uh, strain 
maybe long conferences, some extenuating situation. The chiropractors on our campus, I'm the patient, they see the least often. And they have people they see all the time, every day. You know, it can get to be a real habit. But somewhere along the line, I accepted somebody's idea of this neck adjustment. And the body is so subject to the mind and so subject to your I am presence. If you really understand yourself as the master of your life and of your body, you can take dominion and be free. Well, obviously, having a neck deal like that could become manipulative. You know, you have to be taken to the chiropractor or somebody has to come take care of you. And, you know, being an invalid is a neat little convenience that many people use. So if you want to be free of the aggressive mental suggestion, you have to be free of it in yourself, you have to see it for what it is, and you may never open the door to it when it's projected to you from without. So you have to get rid of two sources, what's inside of you and what's inside of the world or whoever the person is. If you let people's concepts of you sit long enough, you will ultimately fulfill them. It'll be like a mechanism. Somebody believes something about you, you eventually will go and outpicture it unless you see it for what it is. It's a funny twist of the human mind. It's a real funny twist. But you'll find that children are that way. You find if parents condemn children, they wind up saying, well, okay, if that's what they say I am, I'll just go ahead and be that. And if you tell them what they really are in God, they'll go ahead and be that too. It's a funny thing. People find it very difficult to take condemnation from others. How often I read how people absolutely die over something negative that appears in the paper about them. I mean, they will die physically because they cannot stand up under someone else's opinion because they don't have enough opinion of themselves to counteract it. If the sense consciousness thinks itself something separate from God, perfection, then that condition is established unto it for what the sense consciousness thinks into its world. The world returns to it. What the sense consciousness thinks into its world, the world returns to it. It's an important concept because whatever you think you are, you walk in for a job, you walk in for this or that, whatever is in your aura of your own self-esteem, is what the people dealing with you will also think about you. If you come in and exude confidence and success and believe in yourself and know that you can do this job and come across positively, you'll have that immediate return to you from that interviewer that that is what you are. And if you come in sad sack and your hair unkempt and poorly dressed and uh, you look down and out, you probably won't get the job because that's the way you feel about yourself and that's the way they're going to feel about you. And one of the reasons we do maintain a certain dress code and a certain hair standard and certain bathing and so forth routines is because all those things, when you put them all together, enhance your self-esteem. And it's absolutely true that unkempt hair, dirty hair, or hair that's overgrown is a sign of psychological problems of entities around a person and their absence of sense of self-worth. The two go hand in hand. And so this entire course of the Ascended Masters has to do with your sense of self-esteem.
because that brings you to the place where you are able to even identify that you are God. When one lets an idea of imperfection or separation from God occupy his attention and therefore his mind, a condition corresponding to that begins to express itself in his body and world. This causes the person to feel himself an entity apart from his source. The moment he thinks himself separated from God, he thinks his life, intelligence, and power as beginning and end. That's the great fallacy. Life always has been, is now, and always will be. No one can really destroy life. Through various activities in the mental and physical world, form can be disintegrated or temporarily demolished, but the consciousness of the individual is eternal and can control all substance everywhere in manifestation when the God-life within is acknowledged as the knower, giver, and doer of all good in creation. I tell you truth when I say there is only one source of all good, God. The conscious recognition and acceptance of this truth, acknowledged by the outer activity of the mind, not two or three times a day, but every few moments all day long, no matter what the outer self is doing, and this maintained will enable anyone to express his perfect freedom and dominion over all things. I am acknowledging the God life within as the knower, giver, and doer of all good in creation. There is only one source of all good, and it is God. I am consciously recognizing and accepting this truth. I am acknowledging it in the outer and inner activity of the mind. I am acknowledging the God life within as the knower, giver, and doer of all good in creation. There is only one source of all good, and it is God. I am consciously recognizing and accepting this truth. I am acknowledging it in the outer and inner activity of the mind. Thank you, Terry. I, I think that's one of the essential keys to overcoming criticism, judgment, condemnation. I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah, it, it really it's, is. it's, you know, you, you teach us in the Bible putting on the armor of God, you know, and part of that is physical, so forth, protection, so forth. It's also armor against these voices that will will go after you day after day after day and the people of God condemn you. Why do the fallen angels condemn us? Because they've condemned God and God is within us. It's a pretty simple equation there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. It does kind of sum it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to take a break. We'll be back to wrap things up in just a few moments. Please stay with us. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. We are back. Thank you again for staying with us. You know, uh, we've said many times, and you know this to be true, too, that what we focus on is what we get. So I've got a question. Can we practice sainthood? (laughs) (laughs) The answer to that is yes. It's interesting, but the Ascended Masters have taught, in fact, Gautama Buddha gave a dictation over that title, Practice Sainthood. And what what the teaching is that, you know, we talk about putting on our Christ self. Okay, well, how how do I do that, you know? (laughs) Well, you do what you think your Christ self would do to start. You know, it's like anything else. You have to practice. Practice doing the things that the saints did. And if you don't know what the saints did, read about their lives. It's fascinating how they got what they're, they're closer to God and so forth. So instead of focusing on our negatives, try focusing on the positives of what the Christ would do. And, you know, there was a, there's a number of years ago, there was maybe still that there was this thing in the Christian community is what would Jesus do? Right. And that's a wonderful thing because what would the Christ do in this situation? And when you put in things in that context, context, you don't have to hem and haw, well, yeah, but there's this and that. <laughs> if you think about it, the pretty answer clear. can be pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what would Jesus do? What would the Christ do? How do I practice being a saint? And that, see the mindset difference between that and, you know, I'm a worthless sinner? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mother Teresa was practicing that. I mean, she just went out and did what Jesus would do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you put that upon yourself, and it's not a matter of, you know, self-hypnosis, I'm a saint. But what it does, it magnetizes the light. It displaces the darkness and allows you to put on that Christhood incrementally day by day. And if you condemn yourself every day, you're tearing down that Christ within Oh, my you. gosh. Well, you know, the question's been asked before. Is how would your life be different if you knew the truth of your true God potential and reality? Wow. Night and day. Yeah. And that's what the teachings of Santa Masters are all about, because people don't know who they are. Yeah, boy. And, and, and you know, two of the really key uh, points when you first come on the path of the, of the teachings of the Ascended Masters are the understanding of karma and reincarnation. So mm-hmm. you understand that you've been around and around and around and around. I, I hear. Uh, I <laughs> you hear, hear a song in that? Yeah, I hear a song there. <laughs> there was a song. Harry Como. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was four country music singers. Well, you know, the, it, when are we going to get off this merry-go-round? Exactly. Right. Okay. We've been on it a long time. We've done everything there is possible to do on this planet multiple times. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, how long does it take us to get the message that what we're doing isn't working uh, to the extent that it's getting us where we need to be, which is our eternal Christhood? And the fact that we can do that, become co-creators with God in this vast universe instead of just going around and around and around. And, you know, you see some of these TV shows that are on. And they're all he said, she said, and it goes on forever. There's no end to it, <laughs> you know. And you know, going back up books, the masters recommend Jonathan Livingston Seagull. You know, you don't hear that about that much these days. But the ascended masters always recommend reading that because it's a story of a soul that knew there was something greater and was aspiring to move there. Very simple story, but very powerful message. If we as- identify with the world, with the culture of the world, with the problems of the world, with the, with the way world works, we're going to stay forever part of the world. And until we take the decision to take that step and said, no, I want to be more like my Christ self. I want to be more like Jesus, Gautama Buddha, the ascended masters. I'm going to take that step. That is the first step that will get you home. 
But just staying around and, and playing the same game we've been on this merry-go-round for thousands of years, it's not going to get us any place, but probably more karma. Well, yeah. I think it's clear that we all know we've got some work to do. We want to beware the temptation to feel weary. And it's easy weary to say. Weary not in well-doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you say, oh, this is too much, too hard. Can I, can and, I? and, you know, worthiness is, is kind of the subject of the program. I am worthy to graduate from this mess. Yeah, and, you know, winning your ascension is the graduation. Ceremony. God, I am worthy. Make me worthier still. Indeed. Yeah. It, it is a mindset, you know. And I'm not, you know, don't cower in the corner and say, oh, I'm a terrible person. You know, at age 12, I, you know, did this and this and I'll never be able to be accepted by God. That's a lie. Okay, <laughs> Challenge a lie. those lies. Yeah. Write, the, write the karma if you can. Do violet flame if you can't do it in the physical. But you know, don't allow those things to run your life. People will make events or traumas in their life the god of their life because they give it too much power. And I'm not saying that there aren't traumas and obviously people go through their very serious. But we go back to the non-forgiveness thing. As long as you make that thing the primary event in your life, it becomes and dominates you. And God will help you move on from that. And, you know, make your goal walk home to God, the primary thing in your life. And you know what? You'll get there. Well, and like uh, Mrs. Prophet said, said, I have work to do. Take this from me so I can do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, one of the things that we've learned uh, in these teachings is that you can write a letter. If you want to write a letter to Jesus, you can sit down and write it in your hand and you can set fire to it. You can burn it. And what it does is it goes from the physical to the etheric level. And so if you have a real problem that you're working with, write a letter to Jesus or Mother Mary, your fam- your you know, your favorite master, burn it, and it will help. They'll sure. get the and letter. If, and if you need to get some counseling or work with your psychology, the masters are very much behind that. Yes, they are. It, the violet flame won't cure everything. You have to do, it's in combination with those things we know that we, as human beings we need, whether it's medicine or medical help and psychological help. We've got to do both things. Yep. Yeah. And we've got allies along the way, including the Ascended Masters, of course. And next week, you know, we're going to be doing a little encore of a program we did a couple of years ago called How to Work with Angels. This is very much in line with this, too, is that they stand ready to help if we ask. Exactly. The masters are standing ready to help if we ask. Yeah, but we have to ask. We, they want to bridge our free will. They're standing on the hillsides. They're just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Beloved Elohim, beloved angels. Because of the law of octaves, and, That's right. and we haven't visited this for a while. It's probably good to do it again. The angels cannot intercede on planet Earth unless we ask them to. Because we're the ones who are supposed to be in charge down here. And so they will not interfere. And if anything we need, it's more involvement of the angels on the world scene and everything else. Everywhere. If you feel like you can't deal about a situation, say world terrorism or whatever it is, invoke Archangel Michael and the legions, you know, to go forth and do something about that. And, and how about that a little self-esteem in God? Because we are physically embodiment, God has given us an authority. And you can exercise that authority in the name of God for the fulfillment of his will. And so you have... When you go to bed at night, you know, I called forth the angels to go take command of the situation in the Middle East. You don't have to figure it out how to solve it. Just send the angels in there and know that you are fulfilling a purpose of God when you do that type of thing. That should give you some self-esteem and sense of worthiness and a purpose for living. Exactly. Yeah. There was something else I think you wanted to add. Well, I just wanted to be caution people about sometimes what self-condemnation does. Sometimes people get mad at God, and we talked about 
you know, making your peace with God because God isn't doing the things that you think God should do in the timing that you think he should do. Right. And so we know we're not supposed to condemn God, but when we condemn ourselves, oh, God's not answering me because I'm a terrible sinner. I've done all these things in previous lifetimes. That's why he's not answering me. And so you're really condemning God within you when you do that. So even though you're not consciously angry at God, you're turning it around. And so that's another reason to guard against this. And, um, you know, again, don't fall for the traps that are set for us because many of us have been falling for these for thousands of years because they work and because we are never told the truth. Well, now we have the truth. So let us not allow ourselves to become vulnerable to these tired old tricks of the fallen angels and the little demons because they do not have to have power in your world Indeed, if you choose not to let them. I think the motto could be correct, don't condemn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about the elementals too. You know, we we love the elementals. They keep our planet and our bodies and everything like that in order. And you know, as we begin erupting with anger and one thing and another, we see that reflected reflected in the physical planet the too, kingdom, yeah. in the nature kingdom. Yeah. So we have to send our love to them. We've got a little song that we sing. I won't sing it now. So. <laughs> but you know, we love you. We love you. We love oh, you. Oh yes, so dear elementals, we do. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and then many people tune into that. They don't know exactly how to, to say it, but the protection yeah. of elemental life and the purity of planet Earth and yeah. keeping our bodies pure and our planet pure. Yeah. You know, it's the secondary point in this discussion we're having today, but it's very important that we are not alone. We have allies. Again, you know, we we have at our beck and call. We can, we can gently command and demand the presence of the angels to assist us if we need it, as you said, as we've all said. But just to remember that we're not on this path alone. Yeah. And, and we're on the stage of life. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and there are times when God will watch and see what we're going to do. We have to pass our tests. But we can do all that we do in conjunction with the holy angels and accomplish far more than we could possibly imagine with the help of the ascended hosts and the angels on this planet. Indeed. Yeah, it's true. Well, here we are again at the end of another hour. It's amazing to me how fast this goes. It's just, you know, getting windburn in the time tunnel. Well, this this has been a lot of fun, you know, talking about worthiness and everything. It's, oh, man. There's a lot of people that are burdened with the vibration of unworthiness, yeah. and we want to help them out. It's very common. I think we know that, and, you know, that's something that we all, virtually all of us share to one extent or the other. Yeah. Well, if you have a question, concern, idea, or suggestion, how can you get a hold of us? We are at... Web radio at tsl.org, web radio at tsl.org. And I want to say, too, that uh, sometimes the time lag between your letters and our response might be a bit longer than you'd like. Forgive us for that. We're getting to it as fast as we can, but we're happy to answer the questions that we receive, and we, we are grateful for your ideas, for shows, for all kinds of things. So thanks for being part of this audience. Mm-hmm. And... Though the upward path may sometimes be a little difficult, the rewards are Are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Be well. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.